0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: LeBron James, a shot in history. up uh-huh. nice the,
2: uh-huh. the 17th NBA championship. Hello Lakers Nation, welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day, Lakers versus Suns tonight. It is the first game of the in-season tournament for the Lakers. So that means get ready to see a very bright floor in Phoenix. I think they went with a majority purple scheme though, which is probably going to be a little bit easier on the eyes than if they had gone with the the orange. The Lakers court when they play Memphis next week, uh, it's going to be very, very yellow in there. Wow, some of these floors are certainly distracting. But nonetheless, this is the first game of the in-season tournament. But you know what? I don't think that matters all that much. No, what matters most to the Lakers tonight, it is get a win any way you can. This road trip has been a disaster. 0-3 on the road trip. Have not won a game on the road all season. Yes, we're only eight games in, but still, that is bad. 3-5 and five on the season. And the Lakers, again, badly need to break this losing streak against Phoenix. Will not be easy. I'm going to dive into the injury report in just a moment. That has been so critical for your Los Angeles Lakers and such a big negative for this team. So we'll take a look at that. We need to talk a little bit about what the players are saying right now. How do the players feel? They understand that not only are they losing, not only do they have tons of players out hurt, but they also don't look good on the floor. Things do not look right. So what are the players talking about? I want to dive into that as well. We'll break down this matchup. We'll talk a little bit about what the Lakers need to do to get the win against the Suns, and then I'm going to open up the mailbag and get to some of the comments coming from Lakers fans. So let's dive into it. Well, actually, you know what? First, let me give a shout-out to everybody who signed up for the Lakers Nation membership program over the YouTube channel. Had some great conversations there and really enjoyed uh, that that program so far. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, give it a look. Uh, Click the Join button on the YouTube channel, or there's a link in the description of all of our videos. You can see the perks that we're offering. To channel members. In fact, I'm going to be dropping a bonus video for channel members uh, in just a little bit here, like a couple hours. I'll be dropping a bonus video for them. So make sure you guys give that a look. All right, let's get into it. Let's kick things off with, unfortunately, where we have to kick things off with the Lakers d- these days, that's with the injury update. Well, you know what? It's not all bad. I can say that. It's not all bad this time. The Lakers have Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes, both listed as questionable. Davis dealing with a left adductor slash hip spasm. Now he warmed up prior to the game against the Houston Rockets. Uh, He decided to see if he could give it a go uh, before the opening tip. He wanted to just kind of get his workout in and, and then make a decision right before the game. And unfortunately, he was not able to go. So Anthony Davis was missing against the Houston Rockets and the Lakers missed him for the second half of their previous game. Uh, which took place against the Miami Heat. So Anthony Davis, fingers crossed, hopefully he's a go against the Phoenix Suns. They certainly need him. They don't look like the same team at all without Anthony Davis. Yeah, so they 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 need him out there on the floor, no question. Jackson Hayes, you know what? If you don't have Anthony Davis, that makes Jackson Hayes being available all the more important because we saw against the Houston Rockets, Christian Wood as the only center on the roster with LeBron and Rui Hachimura filling in from time to time simply does not work. Now, the Suns don't have someone like Alperin Sangoon, who is an offensive juggernaut and can punish you there, but Yusuf Nurkic can do some damage in his own ways. A bit more of a physical player, not quite the the touch around the rim that Alperin Sangoon has, but nonetheless, Nurkic could still give the Lakers some problems if all they have in the middle is Christian Wood. Nurkic is probably praying right now that Anthony Davis does not play because AD has given Nurkic... All kinds of issues whenever he's played, but of course Christian Wood by himself in the middle—that that's not good for the Lakers. So Jackson Hayes, by no means a big, sturdy player, but at least another player with some size, certainly leaping ability to use in the middle. His return is certainly something that could help out. But again, both guys questionable right now. Jalen Huchafino out, still dealing with that right patella contusion. Jared Vanderbilt left heel bursitis. Look, this is—we're getting close, right? The conclusion of this road trip. We should get an update on Jared Vanderbilt because he should be getting reevaluated. My guess, and that's all it is, it's a guess, is that he will be reevaluated on Saturday. That makes the most sense. Okay. So tomorrow, the Lakers fly back from Phoenix. Jared Vanderbilt gets reevaluated on Saturday before the Lakers play again on Sunday. That's what I'm thinking we're going to see happen here um, with Vando. And then hopefully we'll get word Sunday at the latest on exactly what that reevaluation says about him and when. He's able to return, so I think they really need him. I don't think he's a, a savior that changes everything for the Lakers, but I think his skill set could be particularly useful. I don't want to get into like a Trevor Ariza situation here or anything like that, where we're putting all of our hopes on Jared Vanderbilt coming back now. But um, there's a lot the Lakers need to do and a lot they need to work on and fix. Uh, but Jared Vanderbilt does certainly help. He's a step in the right direction. Gabe Vincent still out. He's not going to get reevaluated for another week or so. So. That's where the Lakers are at. Currently, we know for sure you'll be missing two rotation players in Jared Vanderbilt and Gabe Vincent. Potentially two more rotation players in Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes if they are unable to go. And again, the Lakers, if they want to break this three-game losing streak, they need Anthony Davis out there on the floor. So that's where things are at right now on the injury front. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, this game itself. Lakers, Suns taking place at 7 o'clock. So finally, we don't have an early game, an early tip where it's taking place at you know 4.30 Pacific time or whatever. Finally, we get a 7 o'clock Pacific time tip for this game. And again, it's taking place in Phoenix on the Suns' floor. You know Phoenix gets fired up. They hate the Lakers in Phoenix. Well, there's a lot of Lakers fans in Phoenix too, but Suns fans, they can't stay in the Lakers. I know Lakers fans kind of think, well, eh, whatever, rivalry. No, it's not a rivalry. Suns fans don't see it that way. Expect the building there to be loud, to be rocking. Suns fans get fired up when their Suns are playing against the Lakers. The Lakers already handed the Suns a loss earlier in the season. That was the Lakers' second game of the season. The Suns were playing that one without both Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. Tonight, the the Suns will be without Devin Booker again, still dealing with injury. Bradley Beal, however, will be back in action. Of course, Kevin Durant. We all know the kind of damage that he can do. So the Lakers are going to need to bring their A-game for this one. You know what? Typically, this is where I would start breaking down what the opponent brings. What do the Suns bring to the table? What is it the Lakers need to be concerned about with the Phoenix Suns? Frankly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, let me rephrase that. It doesn't matter unless the Lakers take care of the things they need to take care of on their side. The Lakers have some issues with themselves, and they can't worry so much about what the Suns are going to do, and we can't worry so much about what the Suns are going to do until the Lakers have taken care of their own issues. And it all starts right here. Hart, we certainly didn't see any in their last game against the Houston Rockets. That Lakers team looked like they wanted to be anywhere else, but on the basketball court. Uh, They hit some shots in the early going, traded some baskets, but once the the Rockets kept scoring, the Lakers just kind of faded away and went, eh, we're not that interested in competing in this game. Now, I understand they've been playing with an eight-man rotation for four games in a row. They're missing key members of their team. This is a team that's supposed to have depth, and all of their depth has been sitting on the sideline because they're experiencing one injury after another after another. In fact, Every time a player comes back from injury, another player goes out. They just can't seem to get their full squad healthy. And that's certainly frustrating. And that's important context. But by no means does that allow, I don't even want to use the word excuse because I've seen that word too much lately. But by no word, by no means does that permit the Lakers to go out there and play without heart, to go out there and play the way that we saw against the Houston Rockets to look to be that disinterested in your eighth game of the season. When you're on a two game losing streak at that point, that was supremely disappointing. In fact, uh, from all the Lakers fans, I've heard of, look, there's a lot of Lakers fans, you know, are piling on right now and saying, Oh, this team's just trash. We're not making the playoffs. And a lot of non Lakers fans are saying that let's, let's, let's be honest. A lot of non Lakers fans are saying that too. Um, because we like to be reactionary and everything in in this day and age, but but tell you what, I'm hearing a lot from Lakers fans that what upset them the most wasn't the loss. Like yes, that that's going to be upsetting no matter what, but it's the way they played, it was the lack of passion that we saw from this team. So unless they can find that, honestly, nothing else that I talk about today is going to matter. None, of Kevin Durant's shooting percentage. Whether you're boxing out Yusuf Nurkic, how you're defending Bradley Beal with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell in your backcourt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Crumple it up and throw it away. It does not matter unless unless the Lakers show up to compete. That's the prerequisite. In order to get in the door, in order to get yourself in the game, you have to show up ready to compete. Now, again, this happens sometimes with NBA teams. Talked about it on our last show that there's a handful of games each season that every team has where they just don't have it. I'm a little worried that the Lakers had that game in game eight of the season and that we kind of already saw one of those games against the Orlando Magic. That, that That's concerning. But again, this does happen. This does happen. So if the Lakers bounce back, if the Lakers are upset, if the Lakers are frustrated, if they're angry at what just happened, and they look at that Houston game, they say, that's not who we are. That's not who we want people to see us as. That's not how we want to represent ourselves. It's not how we want to represent our franchise. And they come out and they play with heart and they play like a team that wants to prove that they are not what they just showed themselves to be. Well, then all the other stuff I'm going to talk about is going to matter. Let's start with the first quarter. The Lakers, my God. They are the worst first quarter team in NBA history. And that's not me being hyperbolic. That's fact right now. They are the worst for first quarter team in NBA history through eight games. The deficit in the first quarter is that high. I believe off the top of my head. It's like 74 points. They're down in first quarters total. Yeah, they're averaging. They're, they're, they're losing first quarters by double digits more often than not. And it's, it's insane. You can't keep doing this. And we've been talking about it for a while now. We've been talking about almost since the season started. You can't keep starting this slow. At some point, I don't think it's this game, but at some point, Darwin's going to have to just start changing stuff and see if something works. Something puts a stop to this. These slow starts, these sluggish starts where the Lakers just hemorrhage points to their opponents, it's got to stop. You can't spend all game, every game, digging yourself out of a hole. It is mentally and physically exhausting to try to do that. You're spotting your opponent a 13, 14, 15-point lead, and then waking up and trying to play the rest of your game. You can't do that. Can't do it. And so the first quarter is going to be important. Can the Lakers hang in there in the first quarter? Dare I say, could the Lakers have a lead after first quarter? What a novel concept that would be. The Lakers have got to figure out what's going on in the first quarter, which again, going back to Hart, it's not going to matter if you, if you don't show up to play. They're going to get stomped in the first quarter. But if they show up to play, and they can figure out what's going on in first quarters, well, this will be a good game to certainly do it in. Um, Again, the first quarter, it's been a problem. It's got to change. Defensive rebounding. So here's the thing. The word is out. The cat is out of the bag. We're now seeing it. Teams are adjusting their strategy. Guess what? The NBA, it's a copycat league, and when there's blood in the water, the Sharks, they, they swarm. They circle. Right now, the Lakers are bleeding, and what they're bleeding is offensive rebounds to their opponents. What's happening is now teams recognizing that the Lakers are not bad. They are the worst. The worst team in the NBA in opponents offensive rebound percentage. That's what the Lakers have done right now. So what are teams doing? They're sending extra players to the glass. That's what they're doing. They're sending extra players to the glass and they are being rewarded for it. They are able to, uh, to grab all these offensive rebounds and then put them back up. in. And in fact, the Lakers are dead last in the NBA in second chance points allowed. The Lakers are spotting teams almost 20 points in second chance scoring opportunities. Now, that's a number that's not expected to be zero. But by not boxing out and by not securing rebounds, teams are getting extra scoring opportunities. And the Lakers, they're not shooting well. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But... They are also giving their opponents so many extra scoring opportunities. The math just becomes difficult. The math becomes so difficult when not only are you not shooting well, but your opponents are getting more shot attempts than you are. They're shooting at a higher percentage and they're getting to shoot more shots because the Lakers just keep not securing their defensive glass. We're seeing guys either completely miss box outs or when they do box out and they go up for the rebound, they're not grabbing it. They're not grabbing it. And teams have recognized that, and we're starting to see them commit extra players to the glass and really punish the Lakers there because they know they know that they're either going to get an offensive rebound or when the Lakers player goes up to get it, they can often poke that ball free. That's a big problem. It's a focus problem. It's an effort problem. It's something the Lakers have to be very, very aware of when they're rebounding the basketball and something that, again, has to be fixed. Very difficult to win games when you're surrendering such a big shot advantage to your opponents. So the defensive rebounding woes, those have got to be something to keep an eye on because I promise you, Yusuf Nurkic, he's gonna be hitting the glass. Kevin Durant probably will too. They're gonna be sending in Josh Akoji. By the way, he does a fantastic job sneaking up on the blind side. You think you've got a rebound? Here comes Okoji putting a hand in and tipping the ball away. The Lakers are gonna have to be aware, otherwise the Suns are gonna get extra scoring opportunities. And the problem is, it's extra damaging when you give up an offensive rebound. What happens is nobody is set. It's not like when they take the ball up and they're bringing it across half court and every player set defensively. No, once the shot has gone up, everybody's out of position. And so you give up an offensive rebound. What's going to happen? Most of the time, you're either giving up a tip in right back at the basket. So super high percentage or in a scramble situation, the ball's getting kicked out to an open shooter behind the three-point line. Both of those things, death in the NBA and the Lakers simply have to fix this. So that's another area. Again, I'm more focused on the Lakers right now than the Suns. you got to fix these things. And then Lakers, got to hit a three every now and then. Right now, the Lakers' highest volume three-point shooters, that's LeBron James, Austin Reeves, and D'Angelo Russell, not necessarily in that order, but these are the guys shooting the most threes. They're shooting, well, Austin is shooting 28% from three, D'Angelo's shooting 32% from three, and LeBron's shooting 31% from three. Uh, D'Lo and Austin, the Lakers were going to rely heavily on them with this roster to hit 40-ish percent, which is what they shot last season, to bring up the team's overall percentage because they're shooting so poorly in addition to everybody else. The Lakers, you guessed it, dead last in three-point percentage. Now, I think when we look at all of this and you keep hearing all these dead lasts, it sounds doom and gloom and it sounds like sky is falling. But let me tell you this. Last season, We've got, we've got some experience with this, don't we? Last season, there was a point where the Lakers were shooting like 21% from three. And I'm talking historically laughably bad from three. We we're only laughing to keep from crying at that point. Now, what I was saying back then is we know they're not that bad. They might be a bad three-point shooting team. I think that applies now. They they might be a bad three-point shooting team. I don't think they're 29% bad. Like, I don't think when the season ends, we're going to look look at their, their final tally and we're going to see 29% from three as a team. I don't think we're going to see that. I think they're better than that. Just like I thought last year's team was better. Not a good three-point shooting team, but not 21% from three. Not historically bad. Again, that's what the Lakers are right now in first quarters. They're dead last in second-chance scoring opportunities, and they're not hitting threes to, add to the tune of being last in the NBA in percentage. Are they really that bad at all of those things? I don't think so. I don't think so. Are they good at any of those things? No, I'm not, expect, I'm not expecting them to be this sniper team. I'm not expecting them to just dominate the glass. I'm not expecting them to destroy teams every first quarter. I'm not expecting any of those things. I just don't expect them to be this bad. And this is where that context of missing so many players and having no chemistry, having no cohesiveness comes into play. It comes into play, doesn't it? Because you've got all of these pieces getting mismatched and that creates some problems. Now, again, the mismatches, players being out, all of that stuff, the the missed shots, the defensive rebound, it all goes back, though, to heart. So that's why I can't look at this Lakers team and say, well, they've just got players out. Everything's going to get fixed once these players come back because they've got to fix some other things too. There's things beyond players being out that they need to deal with. Um, But bottom line, we need to see all this stuff tonight. If the Lakers are going to have a shot to win this and snap this losing streak, and by the way, what a sweet victory it would be to beat a Suns team that hates them. To beat that Suns team, that would feel real good for the Lakers. To snap that losing streak, really important right now. you got to bank as many wins as you can because the West is going to be brutal all year long. But the way you're going to do it, it's not necessarily by stopping everything Phoenix is going to do because the first thing the Lakers have to do, first thing the Lakers have to do is fix what's going on with themselves. And we'll see if they can do that. All right, I want to get into what the players are saying right now about the team and what's been going on. And um, We will get into some fan questions and comments in just a moment. But here's what players are saying. This is LeBron. He said, I mean, we can't build cohesion if we don't have our unit. It's that simple. It's just we're very depleted on the injury side. I thought offensively we did a good job of sharing the ball on offensively early on. We just couldn't get in a rhythm offensively and they were shooting the ball extremely well. He's not wrong that the Rockets were shooting the ball well in that game? They indeed were. But I thought the Rockets hitting, and this is what I'm about to say is not necessarily out of the norm in the NBA, but the Rockets making shots and the Lakers continuing to miss shots seemed to really sap their energy, which that, that happens. Seeing the ball go in the basket energizes players. We can say it. All day long. We can say players should play with the same energy, whether shots go in or not, because you got to dig in on defense. You got to find ways to get stops. You got to get rebounds. You got to get steals. There's so much to the game that goes beyond scoring. We can say it, but it's still true. The ball going in the basket provides energy. It just does. And seeing your opponent's ball go in the basket, that can be draining as well. That can be defeating, particularly if you're struggling so much to score. If you're getting open looks and you're putting up air balls. And then your opponent comes down and is draining a three. Or you're trying to tip the ball in at the rim. You can't get it. multiple attempts. You can't score. Opponent comes down and hits a three. It's defeating. It's mentally draining. It's exhausting. So LeBron's not wrong in this. Look, offensively, the Lakers were sharing the ball at first. uh, But the Rockets were shooting well. That's true. But it's also true that if you're the Lakers, you've got to find a way to battle through it. Especially when you know... That you've been having these struggles. You've got to adapt and overcome. One of my favorite phrases. Adapt and overcome. You've got all these problems. First quarter. Defensive rebounding. Your three-point shooting. Heart. Adapt and overcome. Figure it out. Yeah, you're missing players. Figure out a way to get the job done. It's cold and simple, but it's the way it goes in the NBA. It's a results-driven league. Are you going to get the win or not? And this team, look, there's some teams where they can say, well, you know what, the win isn't really the priority for us. That's fine. Teams that are rebuilding, Portland, yeah. Utah, sure. They don't get the win. Okay, well, that wasn't necessarily our primary goal. We can accomplish other things. We've got other things to worry about. This Lakers team, LeBron James, 38 years old. You need to win. So if you're missing guys, adapt and overcome. How are you going to do it? Typically, when teams are down players, they have to out compete. You got to, two, got to do two things. You got to play harder than their opponent. You lose players. You got to step it up another level. You can't slink back. You got to step it up another level. You've got to want the game that much more than your opponent does if you're missing guys because you have to make up for that talent gap, that talent loss. And you got to shoot the ball well. Sometimes you need some outlier shooting performances. Lakers certainly haven't gotten those. So LeBron says we haven't had cohesion because we don't have our unit. Totally fair. (laughs) Totally fair. Yeah, you don't have your guys. It's hard to build chemistry. Hard to build cohesiveness. If you know the guy you're passing the ball to isn't the guy you're really supposed to be passing the ball to. That's difficult. Not saying it's not. But you got to find a way. Torian Prince chimed in. He said, so it's like just putting your mind around what could be. Or the pieces that we're missing. You don't want to use that as an excuse, but you use it as something to keep in the back of your mind where you know certain things could be different given a certain situation. But life don't work that way. You can hear it, right? And I know that's not actually the clip of Tory and Prince talking, but um, you can understand where they're trying not to fall back on the, well, we're hurt excuse. They're trying to not just lean on that because nobody wants to hear that, right? I think it's important context. It's important to understand if this team looks clunky, if they don't look as good as we'd expect. Totally understandable. You're not, you don't have your guy, you don't have your guys that you would expect. I don't, based on the way they're playing, I don't think Cam Reddish and Max Christie are in the rotation right now, if they have a he- healthy team. And yet both those guys are playing major minutes because there's no one else. Those are things that are important and that matter. But, but, like Torian has said, you don't want to use that as an excuse. Life doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know things could look different. But right now, you got to do what you need to do to keep yourself afloat. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. And we'll find out tonight if the Lakers can indeed start to keep themselves afloat against the Phoenix Suns if they can get a W here that would be absolutely absolutely fantastic all right I need to pause to give a quick shout out to some of our sponsors then we am going to get, get into some fan questions and comments all kinds of great stuff coming in from Lakers fans who you you know feel a certain kind of way right now uh, this show is sponsored by better help the the this time of year the holidays they're they're coming up very very quickly Uh, And it can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness, some anxiety about the holidays, about everything that it brings with it. Um, Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress, all the change this time of year, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I personally have benefited from therapy in in the past. Um, It's something that can just give you the tools that you need. In order to manage life, manage the stuff that, that that you're dealing with, it can be very, very beneficial. Um, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Uh, find your bright spot this season. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash Lakers Nation today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com/slash Lakers Nation. And we also want to give a shout out to Underdog. Underdog Fantasy. It is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest-growing fantasy app in the industry. They do offer a fantastic pick a game where your you pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog fantasy super super easy to use i love how simple it is to make selections i'll share some of mine with you guys on tomorrow's show we'll get into we'll get into some of that uh you can actually sign up today with underdog using our promo code LakersNation and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with register with our promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit double, doubled up to $100. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Okay, let's finish things up with a peek at some of our fan comments coming in from the post-game show. These are, by the way, and I'll, I'll address that here with one of our, our first comments. Um, someone named Bilbo Baggins said, why do you never read my Super Chats? Sometimes when we're when we're live, we have more comments and questions than we can get to in a single show. So this is what happens. They get put onto the next show, and I use these questions and comments to pinball into a lot of different topics that Are oftentimes things that we would be talking about anyway so that's when if you you submit a question you submit a comment during our live shows um where you're going to get your shout out isn't necessarily during that live show if we run out of time which again does happen can only have the show going for so long then we put it on the next day's show And you guys know you guys know we (laughs) we make sure that we keep you guys up to date we keep this channel humming with all kinds of shows out All week long, you know, there's going to be another show coming right around the corner. So we put it on the next show and we get through your your topics at that point. So if your comment doesn't get read right then, you just know it's coming on the next one. Also, and look, I'll mention this on the, the show itself while we're live, but what I'm seeing on the screen during those shows isn't always where the chat is actually at at the time. In fact, usually I'm behind still reading questions so people will see me looking at the screen and think that means I'm looking right at the question that they're seeing at the same time I'm not up to date with all of those during our live shows because thankfully and we and we love it that we've got so many people that come and join us for our live post game show which by the way since I'm talking all about it we will have another live show tonight after the Lakers versus Suns you can come join us on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel right after the game we get the show started and we break down everything that happened in the game. Good, bad, take your questions, comments, hand out awards, all kinds of stuff. The game itself, you can actually come watch the game with us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. All right, M. Dredd says, Bron plays no defense from three. Hands down, man down. So, LeBron James, there have been, look, really admit, there have been moments where a wide open three is given up and I look to see who didn't close out and it was LeBron where a rebound is given up an offensive rebound is given up to the opponent. And I look to see who didn't box out and it was LeBron. It's not always LeBron, by the way, other guys are doing it too. It's not always, but yes, sometimes we're seeing LeBron on the effort moments, not make the effort. And by no means is that meant to be a criticism of LeBron. I think it's just a reality. I think it's a reality because especially with Anthony Davis out as he was last game and the amount of energy that LeBron burned in that Miami Heat game that ultimately came up just short. Cam Reddish, of course, missed that that three at the buzzer to win it um, or would have been the game winner. LeBron had a low energy output game against Houston. At 38 years old, he's going to be 39 next month. I don't think it's fair to expect LeBron to be flying all over the floor on the defensive end, especially when the Lakers need so much of an offensive output out of him because of so many injuries that they've been dealing with. So I'm not trying to criticize LeBron, but yes, LeBron's had some defensive issues. It's been noticeable. And that's something that I don't think is going to change all that much. It'll come playoff time. Yeah, he'll probably pick things up, but I, I don't think we can ask LeBron to be flying all over the court. That's where these guys, because the entire rest of the team, except for Anthony Davis is 30, the entire rest of the team is in their 20s. Mid-20s, most of them. Early 20s, some of them. Those are the guys that should be flying everywhere, doing everything they can to help LeBron out. The problem is LeBron's not making that extra effort. And again, I would expect that. And we're seeing other guys follow suit, which is unfortunate. That's something that's got to change. Uh, FJ said, how long till you stop acting like the rebounding issue is new? The offensive rebounding issue or the opponents, really it's the Lakers defensive rebounding. That issue is something that we saw a little bit last season, but statistically they were fine. Um, This season though, I was concerned that it could be a problem. I never would have imagined it would be this bad to where they're dead last in offensive rebound uh, percentage. I mean, I'm talking about their own offensive rebounding. The Lakers are not going after offensive rebounds on their own end. Uh, They're dead last in opponent's second chance points. They're giving up so many second chance scoring opportunities to opponents. You simply can't do it. It was not this bad before. It was not this bad last season. It wasn't even that bad last season. Just these plays tend to stick out. And so we remember them. Um, Plays where you give up an offensive rebound. But this season, they are the worst in the nba when it comes to this when it comes to giving opponents extra scoring opportunities they've been awful now again we're eight games in and some of this play has been without anthony davis and that's certainly something but again teams are recognizing it and until the lakers stop allowing it and start punishing teams for like i always say this punish teams for their choices how do you punish teams for committing extra players to their own offensive glass? You get the rebound, you kick the ball out, and you get ahead while so many guys are crashing the glass. They don't have much of a defense back, and you wind up with a numbers situation going the other way. And then guess what? They're going to stop hitting the offensive glass so hard. So the Lakers have got to box out. They've got to secure the defensive glass, and then they got to hit the outlet pass and go. That's what's going to get teams to stop committing so many extra players. But until the Lakers do that, while teams are getting free points for it, they're going to send waves of players at the glass. For some teams, their best offense has been just shoot the ball. Just shoot the ball. If you miss, we're going to get the offensive board, and that's going to be a high-scoring opportunity for us. Bayou said, embrace the struggle, guys. The championship will be sweeter after this. Wow, a Lakers fan that's still talking about a championship. I haven't seen a lot of that. I like the optimism. But I do have to explain to my, oh, no. Oh, I haven't read this one. He said, I do have to explain to my Golden State Warrior fan girlfriend why the Lakers were so bad. Wish me luck. Oh, wow. That's a tough situation. We talked about that on a show a few weeks ago. About whether or not if someone is a fan of your team's rival, and I don't consider the Warriors to be a Lakers rival, but is that a deal breaker? If you're going, if you go on a date with somebody and you find out that the other person is a diehard fan of your team's rival, if you're a Red Sox fan and, and you go and you find out you're the, the person you're on a date with is a Yankees fan. If you are obviously a Lakers fan, you find out they're a Celtics fan, you find out they're a Clippers fan, something like that. Um, Yeah, that's uh, th- good luck with that good luck good luck with that man you know and i'll say this my experience with golden state warriors fans was not a positive one during the playoffs this last season i found them to be a a difficult group to make any kind of a coherent point from or get any kind of a coherent point back from right trying to make any kind of a, a, a real argument that, with them was just about futile cuz they weren't going to pay attention to anything you were saying about anything um and then just rambling nonsense would, would come back. Um, I, it's an interesting fan base. I'll say that. And again, Lakers fans often get characterized as this this terrible fan base. It's because Lakers fans, it's such a vast fan base that you're going to, if you are looking for bad fans, if you're looking for negative qualities in fans, you're going to find them in the Lakers fan base. You're also going to find great qualities. Why? Because the fan base is so vast, you can find anything. Right? And I think the same kind of holds true for for Warriors fans as well. And so my experience with Warriors fans last season um, during the playoffs is obviously not, not representative of every single Warriors fans out there. So all I can say by you is, is I hope that your girlfriend is one of the good Warriors fans and then uh, she'll be understanding and hopefully not give you too much grief about it. DeAndre Evans, said Rui was the only highlight. I'm glad he played well. You know what, DeAndre? That is a fantastic point. Rui Hachimura uh, was excellent, was hitting shots, was doing his thing, and the Lakers have missed him. They've really missed him, and I don't feel like, aside from early in preseason, we've really gotten the Rui experience, right? Rui Hachimura just hasn't been either utilized or aggressive enough or whatever. I think this Lakers team could really use the scoring punch that he can provide. And I thought he knocked off the rust very, very quickly last game. Hopefully that's something that continues tonight against Phoenix because the Lakers are going to need his offense. But they're also going to need, look, they've been short wing players. I was loving the wing depth that they had coming into the season. Then all the wings got hurt. They're going to need him defending Kevin Durant. They're going to need Rui Hachamara. not saying he's going to shut down KD because he's not. But Rui is 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan. That comes in handy. Jose said, I wouldn't say Reeves is trash, but he thinks he's Kyrie. When Reeves thinks he's Kyrie, that what that's that confuses me. No reason for Austin Reeves to dribble for 21 seconds, then pass to someone um, like Christian Wood who has to chuck a bad shot. Well, Christian Wood only took one shot uh, last game, but I understand the point. Saying that that Reeves is over dribbling, um, I think part of the game plan for the season was to put the ball in the hands of Austin Reeves more and to let him run more pick and roll. He's been talking about for years now that he feels comfortable being point guard that's what he grew up as that he wants to be an initiator on the offensive end and so i think that in addition to just the rise in his game that we saw last season is uh is why we're starting to see these more ball handling opportunities pop up for austin has it always been great no but i also know he can handle that role so i don't i don't necessarily get the the Kyrie comparison level. we're talking about the just pick and roll ball handling but I do think you need an aggressive Austin Reeves on the offensive end. And, and again, it goes back to my point when we were talking about the three-point shooting. People look at Austin and people say, well, and I know Jose said he's not trash. What do we believe? What's real? Do We look at Austin and we say, 28%, that's real. That's what he is. He is a bad three-point shooter. No. I, I don't personally. Maybe there's some people out there that do. But I think we have a large sample size of him not being a bad three-point shooter. And so we look at this data here and we say, well, this is probably small sample size. If you play out the whole season, like I would be shocked if Austin Reeves finishes the season shooting 28% or less for three. I, just, I don't see that happening. I think he's a better shooter than that. He's a better shooter than that. That's what he is. So that means that there's going to be some better shooting days coming that that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm expecting from Austin is is improved shooting. I'm expecting him to play better because I do think he's a better player than what we've seen. and he's shown flashes. now it's about getting that that consistency. But again, I'm not giving up on on guys right now. As far as him over dribbling, maybe and that's if it is a thing, that's something the coaches can tweak and, and figure out. But again, I think there was a concerted effort to get him more ball handling opportunities this season. All right, KGR said, I don't think the players have faith in him anymore. You know what? And then Ed Carter said, 2021 flashbacks effort-wise. It was not pretty. Um, And what's concerning to me, because I know a lot of people have been very critical of Garvin, and let's, you know, one of the things about fandom is whenever a team loses, the fingers get pointed at the coach. It's it's, It's what happens. When they win, the players get celebrated. The coach, eh, not so much. It's just, it's the nature of the beast, the way it goes. But a lot of people obviously have been upset with Darwin. And I don't think Darwin's been perfect. I don't think he's pushed all the right buttons. I don't think he's had um, the right rotations in. I don't think the play calling has been what it should be. I'm, I'm not saying he's been good this season. I don't think he has. I don't think he has. But of all the things that we can criticize Darwin for, what he's supposed to be is a guy who is a master motivator, Right guy who motivates his team to be ready to run through a brick wall for him. So when we're saying this team doesn't look like they're buying into what Darwin is saying, that's, that's concerning. Now, again, I think the lack of energy, the lack of effort, a lot of that is hand in hand with the balls, not going to the basket. And we saw it in preseason. There were, we were talking about during preseason, about how this team looks like they're having fun looking, looks like they are enjoying playing together. Well, guess what? They were hitting their shots in preseason. They are hitting threes. They were going down. Now regular season has started and they're not. So I'm not ready to just say, well, the team doesn't look like they're enjoying playing basketball. That's because of Darwin. I'm not ready to go there. I think they're not enjoying it because they're not shooting well. They're not playing well. That's making this uh, not an enjoyable experience. But it's certainly something to keep an eye on. It's something to keep an eye on. How does this team respond? to such a low energy. Like, LeBron was annoyed that the media was asking him about energy. and was constantly bringing up energy. He was annoyed by that. I found it hard to watch that game against Houston and not think about energy because it was so painfully obvious that it was not there. The absence of energy was, you're beaten over the head with it when you're watching the Lakers play in that game. It was inescapable. So, I want to see how this Lakers team is going to bounce back. If they do um, tonight against Phoenix, but I think that'll tell us a lot because I don't think we can just conclude. And again, I don't think Darvin's been perfect, but I don't think we can necessarily conclude at this point that the energy, the effort, all of that, that's a, a, a Darvin problem right now. I do wonder if the solution is just, hey, we got to shoot the ball better, perform better on the offensive end. That's going to lift up a lot of things. Again, does it does it solve everything? No, but you start playing better basketball and guess what? Basketball starts to become fun again and I think we'll see guys more bought in at that point. Again, not saying it's not Darvin, but if the team is making shots and still not put in the effort, okay, if we're still seeing defensive rebounding concerns, we're still seeing guys not rotate out on shooters, we're still seeing bad body language and the shots are falling, that's where that's when you'll know. All right, man, doom and gloom. Not fun when you're on a three game losing streak. That's for sure. Especially this early in the season when we're going to hyperanalyze everything, but the Lakers could definitely use a win tonight against the Phoenix Suns. We'll see if they can get it done again. We'll be on playback uh, seven o'clock Pacific time playbacktv slash Lakers nation. Come hang out with us. Watch the game with us. And then uh, after the game right here on the Lakers nation YouTube channel come hang out. We'll have the Lakers nation. Uh, live show. You can ask us questions, comments, all that kind of stuff. So come hang out with us after the game as well. Till next time, everybody, we'll see ya and stay safe.
1: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time test to gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love.